Don't worry, I never say anything funny or insightful. Okay, so... <laughs> we needed a caster, and I, I had a mic, and I'm like, I'm free, why not? I, I, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, that space. I didn't know we were interviewing you today. <laughs> no, I'm just here because I, I get to scream about Valiant as much as I want. And before the entire podcast, we don't even follow the schedule. It's just like, hey, remember when we played D&D? Can we good D&D stories? Welcome back to episode three of Voicing Valiant, the podcast by the community for the community, covering everything involving the LA Valiant. I'm Chad. And I'm Bookworm. Joining us this week, we have a moderator from Valcord, Natune and Dwarf. How's it going, guys? Happy to be here. Glad to have you. All right, so real quick, we'll just start off with a short interview for you, Dwarf. All right. Uh, what's it like being a mod in the in Valcord? Um, it's challenging. It's a different challenge than I've had before, but I think it's kind of in a good way. Um, I'd been in the server a while before I became a mod, so it's kind of hard sometimes to like ignore those previous biases as a user of people who were just super annoying or people who you really like. Uh, and so it, it's kind of a challenging situation where you try to be professional to everyone and always try to be a positive and like, you know, pillar of the community, I guess is the way I'd put it. Um, and so I always try to, it's, I don't even know. I just completely mind blanking what I was going to say next. Yeah. Welcome to podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> now you can understand my weekly struggle. <laughs> okay. Trying that again. It's interesting, but challenging. I've been in the server a while, so it's hard to sometimes ignore your bias for or against certain users that you've been friends with or who have really annoyed you in the past. But at the same time, it's pretty fun to like be that member who's helping make the community better and getting some of the positive aspects of being a sports fan out in the community. Yeah, it definitely does. I, uh, English is hard. Um, moving on to our next question here. Do you have any funny stories from your time as a mod? Uh, I think the funniest thing that's ever happened as a mod is one time I left my computer on and stepped away for a minute and didn't realize that I had something sitting on one of the keys. And so I just had this giant text chat of all one letter all the way through. And I go back from getting food or whatever and come back and sit down 20 minutes later and scroll up to read all these people discussing why a mod has been typing for 20 minutes and who's getting banned, who did something wrong, what's against the rules, and uh, it, it was a fun little freakout to come back to. Oh, I would imagine so. I, I think I remember I that. Yeah, that was a that was a fun one. Um, you've been to the stadium. How many times have you went? I've been to the stadium a grand total of, I believe, five times now. Uh, four for the Overwatch League and once for the Overwatch Contenders Season 1 uh, Grand Finals. Well, I went both days for the Grand Finals. Very nice. Uh, do you care to describe what it's like? It's it's interesting. It's not quite as massive as it can look on Twitch sometimes. Like you see on Twitch, and you're like, wow, it's a massive stadium. Um, but it's a little smaller than that, and it's really fun uh, the community is pretty positive in person. I know there's a lot of toxicity and like 
discussed in Overwatch, but you don't really see that when you're in person. It's a lot of a lot of friendliness, and even when you're rooting for rival teams, you know, I'm constantly sitting next to Gladiators fans, and we're laughing and joking and having a good time and talking about going to the bars afterwards. Um, and the stadium itself is just really, really well done. Like, if you go to the Hall of Heroes, where they've got the, the trophies from all of the Blizzard esports, or just anywhere in the arena, everything just looks polished. It didn't always look polished, particularly for contenders, it was a little rough, but it's really well polished right now. You can even like look up at the ceiling when you're sitting in the stadium and they've actually got a giant progress bar on the roof of the ceiling where it starts off white and it fills team color as they finish each progress of an objective on the map. That is some next level hype in my opinion, to be honest. I really hope I can one of these days make it all the way out there for it. Would have to be a battle of LA. I've heard those are top tier hype. I have not had the chance to witness one of those in person. I always want to, but they're Wednesday nights, and I have a day job. Yeah, don't blame you. Um, what would you say was your major pull into esports? I actually got into esports for the first time when I was in like middle school. I think eighth grade. Um, I played the original Gears of War really high level on like just a competitive ladder whatever you would call the competitive ladder they had back then and i made a couple of friends who had a team together and one of the events i guess one of their players had internet issues and couldn't make it on and so i just all of a sudden got a message like hey do you want to play with us um and i was like uh sure 13 14 year old kid like why not and uh had some fun with them i scrimmed with them for a bit i never played again I wasn't like the official substitute or anything, but if they had anybody missed, they would they would have pinged me or sent me a message and said, hey, can you join us? Um, and that kind of got me following it. And from there, I started like watching uh, Halo and Gears of War for the most part and then kind of transitioned to Overwatch. What would you say made you a fan of Valiant slash Immortals? Uh, their Overwatch scene, for sure. I know Immortals was originally known for League and Smash, but... um. I never followed any of those esports, but back in 2016, there were a couple of open bracket events where anyone could compete. The Overwatch Open, and I believe it was called the ESL Atlantic Showdown, and they had you know 50, 50 or so teams. And I already knew who the powerhouses were: the Cloud Nines, the Enviouses, the Complexities. Um, and I was kind of watching for some of those, rooting for all those no-name squads like Method, Colorado Clutch, and Soda Pop. And uh, the Sodi Pop squad that I had kind of started to cheer for, um, by the time the Overwatch Open main event came along, they had been picked up by the Immortals organization. And so I started focusing on them because they were the ones that seemed like they were making it um, and really cheering them on. The roster, of course, has changed very significantly. There's only one person from that squad still active. But uh, the Discord and the way Noah handled some of the CSGO drama and the League drama definitely kept me on board. Um, plus, there is still agility in Grim Reality as the organization. Very insightful answers. Thank you for answering our questions. We'll be moving on to this weekend Overwatch League. There we go. Use that. <laughs> I'm here to rescue you in awkward positions. I appreciate it. Moving on to this weekend Overwatch League. On Wednesday, we had a kind of interesting result where every game ended in a 3-1 or 1-3 if you look at it on uh, the standings page. I'm just still surprised that all of them came out at the same score with like the same lineup and 
And the home team winning them all. Mm-hmm. Home team I power. Do think, I do think Shanghai taking a map off of Boston was pretty big, though. Oh, yeah, that was huge. Definitely caught me by surprise. I was expecting Boston to just 4-0. And it wasn't even the NAS map. I, I feel like oftentimes Shanghai Dragons will take the NAS map off of whatever team they're up against. But no, it, it was the last map. It was? 66. Oh, yep. shoot. Am I thinking mm-hmm. of a different game then? Oh, I must be getting confused with the Fusion one. Yeah, I'm getting confused with Fusion, which also, I don't know. I love, I love Dragons. <laughs> okay, I keep I've watched like pretty much all the games besides Valiant. I think I've watched the most dragon games like of all the uh, of the Alnik Alnik. Wow, <laughs> Overwatch League. I think the team I've watched the most besides Valiant is the Dragons. Uh, I'm I'm going to hold my comment on which one I've watched the most, just for caster integrity. Is it the Gladiators? I'm holding my comment. Is it the, the Outlaws? No. Is not it the, the Fuel? I watch just about every game. Uh, there are a few that I'll miss, and I generally watch Valiant games twice. So don't feel bad. I'm, I'm sure I've seen every game of whatever team you watch most. I've, I, I try and have... watch most of them, but generally I stick to my top three to making sure I see all the games. I, I watch every have Valiant it... game. I usually have it up on like the second monitor and, ha- and just have it there running. And I'll look over every now and then and be like, oh, cool. This team took a map off of this team. And then like, oh, what the heck? They're taking it to map five again? Stuff like that. But Speaking the, the, of the... taking it to map five and being surprising, the Gladiators beat London this week in a nice yeah, they did. five map. Gladiators are looking strong. Hopefully not too strong. We want them strong enough to take out the competition, but not to take out us. You know, I want them strong <laughs> enough that we end up playing in the stage finals, because if we want to take the hype for the Battle of L.A. up a notch, um, I think that is exactly what it needs. Yeah, we, if, need, we need New York and Boston to cooperate, of course. But um, yeah, I have a feeling uh, if by the looks of it, it'd be New York, Boston, uh, Valiant and Gladiators, if it'd be the top four. And I'm really, really hoping that like. New York and Boston will be like the ones who go up against themselves first and then the Gladiators and Valiant. I don't know. I'm not sure how, how I would want that set up, but it'd be really nice to see them play against each other in the playoffs for this stage. I would love for the finals to be another Battle of LA. I don't think we'd be even able to hear casters half the time. Oh no, it would never be louder. The crowd from the latest one, it was picked up way too well. At the same time, because those tickets are pretty much already sold out and the tickets for the general Battle of LA games are all Gladiators and Valiant fans, it might actually be a little quieter just because you'll have fans of like New York and Boston and probably some of these four win teams in there as well that don't care as much about our hype. Yeah, that's true. I do think like as the stadium would get louder and more hyped, I can't help but imagine that people would ride on the coattails of it. and themselves be a little bit more excited probably let's see and then continuing thursday uh new york versus shock the results of that one weren't very surprising in my opinion i think what's surprising is how big of a fight the shock put up uh they actually uh took map one and i mean by the end of it they were just getting completely outclassed but when i was watching numbani uh 
they almost full held New York for a tie on Numbani. That was that was a really close start, and then they went into halftime, and New York came out swinging. Something about halftime just gets teams hyped up. They must drink like special coffee or something. <laughs> and part of it might just be New York's coach. I mean, Wizard Young, people talk about all the time how good he is and how well of adjustments he makes. And I really don't think there's much of an argument against it, seeing how many games they come out of halftime just ready to bowl over people, including last stage's final against Philly. I can agree. Speaking uh, of Finney. Was... Yeah. The Dynasty version, version, Dynasty versus Fusion. Uh, with the way Dynasty has been playing, I was honestly surprised that Fusion didn't take the win. Yeah, Philly has some games where they look like they can beat anyone in the league and some games where they look like they can lose anyone in the league. And I felt like both of them played the latter on Thursday and or on Thursday and just did not look pretty. That was not pretty Overwatch. Mm-mm. Uh, speaking of not pretty Overwatch, first game of Friday, Fuel versus Boston. Oh, that hurts. Don't think that that was very pretty Overwatch either. No, uh, Dallas is kind of just trying to figure out what to do until they get to next stage. I do think <laughs> when effect comes back. At the very least, next season, I think Dallas will be quite a bit stronger than they are right now. I'm just kind of hoping they get a reset. They're just playing that long con? Yeah, they, they just need to reset at this point. It feels like they've stopped trying with just how many teams have been full owing them. And some teams just run over them when you'd expect them to at least take it to a map five or take a map off of them. Yeah, I think there's going to be some pretty significant shakeups for Dallas going into next uh Next season, I know Envious as an organization is pretty well respected in the community um, or outside of the Overwatch community is fairly well respected for their ability to build a team. Uh, I just think they had a perfect storm of bad events that caused them to kind of just crumble. And now we're seeing a team that is probably significantly worse than the Shanghai Dragons, just looking the way they played this week. I can agree. Yeah, well, the Shanghai Dragons have made improvements. The fuel seems to have undone any improvements they had been going off which really it's really sad i'm really hoping they can pull themselves up because envious like you said was something very well respected everybody thought that since they would have the core of envious that they were going to do well but they didn't and then the next game friday we had uh gladiators going for revenge for us against the outlaws and that was that was a very good game in my opinion yeah, L.A. almost threw it away mm-hmm. um, at the end there. I, I, I was watching the first couple rounds thinking this might be a 4-0. And then Houston made it a heck of a match. Gladiators throwing the end like they always do. I feel so still... bad because they've had so many map fives, Nate They seem so tired of map fives now. Which I think <sighs> the stage has seen the most map fives, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it has. I, I'm not a stats guy. I haven't looked up the stats, but it feels like it has. Um, and I think part of that is just all of these teams. You know, any team in the middle tier pretty much can take any team in the top tier, and any team in the bottom tier can take any of those teams in the middle tier all the way up to a game five and push them and take those wins. The best part about there being so many map fives this stage is showing 
that all the teams have improved enough to take each other to map fives. That it's not a steamroll, that it's not a 3-1 anymore, like it was in stage one. Which makes for a lot better quality of Overwatch. A lot, a lot of the games are going longer. Teams are getting a lot better. We're seeing a lot of plays that I never would have expected that work out and some that don't. Yeah, the, the skill gap is definitely closing and all of the teams are getting stronger. And then moving on to Saturday, I personally thought the first two games were, they had some moments that they were pretty good, but I mostly kind of slept through them. I was expecting uh, it to go in like a 3-1 at least, but the 4-0 like kind of hurts. I was expecting a pair of 4-0s, but then the first maps made it look deceptively close to start. And then it proceeded to be the same steamroll that we all, that, that I expected from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then the final map, the one I was expecting to be a 4-0, I'll be honest. I can't tell if it was just that Shanghai stepped up a lot or a Fusion, which I think Fusion are kind of a little shaky recently. Yeah, Shanghai's supports played the game of their life that game. Well, their whole team played the game of their life, protecting mm -hmm. their sports and keeping them alive. And, like, I don't remember the exact numbers, but they were talking about the res stats throughout that game. And it was, like, the first game where they got crushed. I think they said Altering got four resurrects off. And then most every other map after that was, like, 10, 12, 15. Like, they were just protecting them and giving them time to heal the team Which extremely I think well. Which is what Shanghai's major issue has been for quite a while. Is the supports have always kind of not really been out of position all the time. It's just the team play around them has been a little awkward. They get easily dove, and then with the language barrier, sometimes they just can't get the peels in time. Yeah, the supports and tanks being both entirely of different languages is not easy. But they've really stepped up. Like I feel like it's a bit of both that dragons have stepped up and fusion was a little shaky that it was able to go to that map five. They were playing at the time that I usually have dinner. So I was just like, oh, I'm going to the dinner table. I'm checking the, what's going on. Suddenly I see that the game is still going. I'm like, what? And I see that they've taken it to the map five. So like I yell at my brother. He comes running over and we're like, what the heck? And we had the game going while we were having dinner because just it was so amazing for them to finally take something to a map five. Yeah, and I think they actually... This is their second map five, if I remember correctly. And the first time was also against Philly in stage one. It was, they just play Philly well. Yeah, Philly. Speaking because, of playing uh, well, Philly on Oasis is a sight to behold. Yeah, that was an interesting map. I don't know if that's just like their specialist map or what was going on, but it didn't, like, Shanghai was competitive the entire series. Then you just kind of get to Oasis and it was just, Philly going straight through. They, I don't even think they capped the point the second part of the map, was it? Uh, Dragons was basically couldn't, couldn't touch at one point and get any control going. Yeah, I think part of that was the Dragons running out of steam and just not having the same uh, mindset that they needed to go for the throat in map five, so to speak. Because we saw Philly lose on Oasis earlier this week, actually, against Seoul. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I kind of put that one on the Dragons. I felt like they came out really sloppy, that map. Fusion has more practice going for more than 
four maps. While dragons, they are so used to only having the four that they can't take the five. Yeah, and, and Philly just has so much more experience in high-pressure events where, you know, so many other games going into map four even, it matters. Whereas for Shanghai, I hate to say it, but most of the time they go to map four down a three and it's like, well, can we maybe get a win? You know, it's just a different situation uh, when you're not really playing for a map win as it is when you are. Well, moving on to how Vanyard did this week. Uh, do we have to talk about Wednesday? Can we? Can we just... We got to talk about Wednesday. <sighs> we did look a little shaky on Wednesday. But we did take Houston's best map, which... Moral victory in my mind. Moral rec- victory and... You know, uh, in one of the, uh, I can't remember if it was this week's or last week's episode that they were talking about how the Vanya needs to learn how to news sometimes. So they don't, and I think that's, well, I don't want them to news. They do have to learn how to like be in that mindset. Oh, we lost, but this isn't the end sort of thing. So it's not a, it's not a total loss, but it is a loss. Huh. And we saw KSF for the first yes. time. Eh? Yeah. Uh, in was... on Blizzard World, he played some Genji and some Sombra, and I know it didn't go well, but I actually really did like the the strat. KSF runs a really strong Sombra from his time in Contenders and uh, before this, and having him come in so you can run that Sombra defense, I did really like. I hope we get to see him uh, more often. He, like you said, Sombra is amazing, and I personally love to see Sombra plays. It's so fun to just see them like go around in the back and just. Doing their poke damage. Everybody turns around. Now they're like, what's the Sombra? Just, it's so nice to see that play. And it's nice the amount that we're seeing it. We are seeing it some, but it's definitely different than the, uh, the, the Doomsday talk we were getting after Stage 2, where it's going to be all Sombra all the time. 100% Sombra. Whoever runs the best Sombra is going to win the stage. And, I mean, Sombra's strong, but, you know, things were definitely a little overrated on that, on that front. I feel it's As like usual. the same thing where people were saying that now that Mercy got the nerf, you're never going to see Mercy again. But you still see uh, so much Mercy Zen. What was it, like 83% no, of no. the time last time I checked the stat? Yeah. But no, no, with the, with the Mercy nerf, that means she can never be played again. It's the same with the Samba. Oh, the Samba got a buff. She's what's only going to be played. I can already see people saying that about the Tracer nerf. Like, oh, Tracer's never going to be played again. To be fair, the one Tracer main I actually talked to is like, this is nothing. I don't even care. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll talk to people who main this because I'm a support main. So all all the input I can give on is the Mercy. Well, I was like, oh, yeah, that Mercy nerf. We didn't make that big of a difference besides making her not be a one pick. But when I talked to uh, my DPS friends, they're like, oh, yeah, this isn't that different. It's actually no better. But it won't make her a one must pick or make her unpickable stuff like that. As a mercy main, I was excited for the mercy nerfs. Mercy main, by the way, <laughs> because everyone was always everyone was going off with the oh wow now she's completely useless and I was like I am completely useless. I think she's still gonna be quite a bit of fun to play. So I was. But it's I was happy nice. With it. Yeah, it's nice to see these changes come in. Like now we can see more salmon. Like we can see with KSF. And I'm really, I'm really happy we picked up uh, KSF. So. Yeah, he he's been a favorite of mine going back to the you guys get paid day days. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm happy with it. Now we just need to see Finzi play and pull out the full hold strat. 
Yeah. And for those of you that are unaware, uh, Simplicity was my Overwatch contenders team like that I rooted for since the Valiant don't have an academy team. That was like the team I was cheering for all of contenders. So it was pretty hyped to see a pickup from that team just in general. I've wanted to follow contenders, but with the amount of Overwatch League already, I can't bring myself to add more games to it. Yeah, it's kind of hard for me because one of the reasons I got into Overwatch League is that it's like city based. And I'm like, oh, I live in LA. I got to, well, not in LA, like an hour away. But to everybody who lives outside of California, that is LA. Yep. <laughs> you get me, you get me. Well, earlier today, we found out that Dwarf and I live like 40 minutes away at most with traffic because it's California, but a good 30 to 20. Like, wait, no, 20 to 30. <laughs> what? Yeah. So technically, we both live in L.A., even though we don't live in L.A. And then moving on from the Outlaws game, uh, Friday we played against Mayhem. And that one was... That was fun. That was a fun one. Uh, There were a lot of moments in that match where I was quite afraid. Uh, Junkertown being the one that comes to mind immediately. What I find funny about Junkertown is uh, that's uh, when we were watching it, me and Chad like, immediately sent each other the end of the game stats of Soon versus Saya player. And Soon didn't have the best stats, but when you look back at uh, Junkertown against uh, Houston Outlaws, Soon was really popping off, getting the headshot after headshot. So that was like pretty interesting to see the difference in going against... Uh, Houston versus Mayhem on that map. I'm still I convinced. think part of that is the difference in the quality of the Widowmaker players you're going against. Lynxer's good. Mm-hmm. Saya player is an, at least in that match, was an absolute nut. was about to say he the really exact was. same thing. Saya player just constantly popping off. I think by the end he had something like 33 limbs, 24 final blows, and nine of those final blows were on soon. Yeah, that was that was an extremely one-sided widow battle that made it made it real nervous um, there at the end, especially because game three was one I really thought we had in the bag until we uh, I thought lost a fight we should have won at the end of Ilias. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was really funny because the first three, first three, first two maps uh, were really really good. Uh, one thing I absolutely love about Vanyan is that they're very good at staying alive. You've got uh, on both Skya, Bunny was like 24 in three kill deaths with uh, half of his kills being final blows. So just, he was very, very good at staying alive. And same with uh, Kareev. He died half as many times as uh, his counterpart, Zupa. Uh, Zupa? I always forget how to pronounce that. I don't know why. Spelled very simple. Uh, well, he had four and Zupa had eight. So it's like, it was very interesting. They, they were very good at staying alive. Same on Numbani. Uh, Bunny was 28 and 2. With once again, half of his kills being final nose with 14 final nose. And uh, while Kareem was on Moira and Custa was on Lucio, they both only died once, even though they were high priority targets, especially Custa on that Nucio with the defensive ult. Costa is incredible at staying alive. That's been something that's fun to watch with him on Lucio and Mercy pretty much all stage. I like Costa. That's, that's all I can add here. I think Costa's great. 
I want to get a Custer jersey. I've been like back and forth on who to get a jersey for, but I think I've settled on Custer. I decided if I ever do get a jersey, it's definitely going to be soon for obvious reasons. Soon fanboy in the house. Oh god, that thing against Sayapaya must have uh, really hurt your soul. Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't fun watching my favorite player not get to play the game. <laughs> yeah, but no, it, I mean it's less on Soon's fault, and more it was just Saya player doing way better than I definitely expected. And at the very least, uh. Soon was doing a very good job of like keeping Saya player preoccupied. Pu- pu- what? What's English? Preoccupied. <laughs> preoccupied because so many of those final blows were on the Widowmaker. So Soon did a good job of keeping him from uh, killing the rest of Valiant and just taking the hit, I guess. That's, that's, that's something I can take away from that that was good, I guess. Yeah, but at the same time, I personally felt like we stuck to that too long uh, especially on our defense when you know we made a last minute change on defense and held the last point for what two and a half minutes once we finally got that Mm -hmm. bastion stopped one time like the payload basically didn't stop until the very end when we made a comp switch stopped it all the way through which was really impressive but i'm i was like oh man really wish we could have uh could have done that a little sooner yeah i was wanting the switch i would have i think there was even a time when i was in valcord talking about it i'm like i would give anything for our team to switch a couple of these heroes real quick yeah i feel like that's been something we don't do a ton of um in general but i think we've been getting better at it recently with making swaps early enough for them to count like like this one it was early enough that they managed to hold for over two minutes right yeah so, and that's, a, that's very, I mean, Jungle Town point three is usually where things get stopped, but Valiant managed to hold it for so long, and they didn't complete the map, did they? Uh, no. No, so they, they didn't even have the full space to hold. They, had, they were off by a few meters, and they still managed to hold it. Yeah, and... That was that was impressive, and I think it comes down to that we had just better alt management than they did for two and a half minutes. They they made one massive swap that reset their alt economy, and they were never able to get back to a spot where they could just dump all their alts and win. Um, and it got down to the end where they could dump all their alts, but we still had all our alts because we hadn't done that. And I believe with agility, they had like a three k dragon blade at the end, where it's like, well, too bad that you have alts to dump because you're dead. You see, uh, the camera is on to Vic, and he's putting, pulling out the dragon mage. You're like, oh, here's where he's going to make the play. And suddenly in the kill feed, you see agendities with like three kills. It's like, what just happened? Pull to Vic is like hiding in the back with a wasted blade because half his team is gone now. And faded in his face. Yeah, that was, that was a really nice way to end that. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy that Bunny got the play of the match that game. His stats were kind of crazy with 50% of his pulse bombs being attached. Just, uh, damn. That's all I can say. Bunny and Agility's both played very well, I felt like. Agility's, in mm-hmm. general, this entire stage has been... I can't even think of a word to describe it, to be honest. 
So is the moral of the story, eat more In-N-Out and get better at Overwatch? Uh, that's what yeah, I'm in thinking. In-N-Out is amazing. I think Noah needs to have a new inside Valiant with every player at In-N-Out. <laughs> oh, let's not start that controversy. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to moderate that. <laughs> no. Oh, God. That's going to be terrible for you. All the In-N-Out jokes. Dude, the AMA was bad enough. Oh, God, that AMA. I was just hiding in the Superfan lounge when that was going on. I wanted to be in general chat to, like, greet the new people. But no, all the trolls and the copy pastas and stuff. I'm pretty terrible. sure everyone that had access to Superfan lounge was just sitting in Superfan lounge. I clicked on general every now and then. And by all the trolls, you mean one account over and over and over, or one oh God, person over and over many, and over again with multiple accounts. How many accounts did he make? Um, somewhere between fifteen and twenty-five. Damn. I don't want to get more specific than that, but I, I do know how many accounts we banned that day. I don't know how many were specifically one user's account and how many were other users, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It it really sucks because that AMA was very insightful and it was very very nice. To be able to hear Noah's thoughts on all this stuff that happened. And suddenly this guy comes in trying to start trouble in Valcord. That day is one that okay. staff and mods definitely deserved. A beer or a cookie or whatever you guys chose as your own reward. I honestly kind of felt bad about the start of that AMA because things got started. And I had known it was going to be a bit of a mess. So I'd gone to Starbucks with my tablet. Um... And I tested my, not my tablet, but my Microsoft Surface. Um, and I tested it at home. Everything was good. Went to Starbucks, uh, log, get myself a drink, sit down, log in, and my network card wouldn't work. So for like the first 20 minutes, I'm like going back and forth between driving home and trying to moderate and ban these troll accounts on Discord. And I'm like, I feel so bad for Adri. <laughs> oh, Valcord is amazing whenever we don't have trolls and stuff going on you guys work really hard to keep it very friendly though very fun oh we try i'm i'm glad you enjoy it so moving on before we get off topic again with uh dwarf's funny moderator stories yeah 19th <laughs> tangent of the day it's fine right uh we have i'm thinking out on what we have because uh, i, I just believe like... our next thing is the inside la valiant video Ooh. What were your guys' thoughts on that? I had not known that Moon was out of the country. I didn't Same. either. It was very nice to get that insight because things clicked. The second I heard that, I'm like, okay, some things are starting to make sense now. We were struggling when he wasn't here before. So naturally, if he leaves after this short amount of time, we're likely going to go back into bad habits is what I assumed happened. But what I like is that the players, like, the players obviously felt that, the, like, they didn't want Moon to leave, uh, they, but they trusted, like, the, the instructions he left behind. Uh, one of them mentioned that they, that Moon asked for them to, like, play comp together. And I've noticed that pretty much every stream that the players have done has always been in a duo with another one of the players in the team. So they're definitely following uh, the, like, I guess, homework that Moon has left them. And in the end, they did really well against Mayhem. So things are looking up. Yeah, I think the timing of his leaving was unfortunate with the London and, and Houston games being being big ones that were going to be tough but winnable. Um, but definitely, I think the team is going to be able to pull through. And we've got 
good leadership and positive people there to to hold things together, hold down the fort while Moon is in Korea. Yeah, the rest of the assistant coaches are really, really amazing people, and they have experience with these people, with all the players for a while now. So I, I trust that they can hold it together. Uh, one of the parts of the video that really kind of stuck out to me as something I really enjoyed seeing was Space talking to him in the, well, they were all in the little, I guess it's like a meetup room kind of a deal. The dugout, as it were. Yeah, that was really cool. Space has been a, a wonderful addition to, well, not addition to the squad, because he's been here from the start, but he's been a wonderful addition of being 18 um, and being able to play with the squad. He sounded like he wasn't 18, though. He sounded, he had so much insight and just so many good thoughts. I was like, damn, this guy sounds like someone who's been playing this game for 20 years, and this guy's younger than me. <laughs> what? Yeah, I was what? I was thoroughly impressed. I'm like, wow, he's he's got this down. I Too can only imagine that how well that transfers to in-game leadership as well. Yeah, we've got some great voices in game between Space and Fate and Custa, um, who are all very vocal players. And I can attest that Custa's very vocal because if you're in the front row at the stadium, uh for him, you can actually, when he's talking loudly, hear him mid-game making calls. <laughs> Not Damn. for many players, but he's he's one of the few where I've actually heard him in-game making calls. That is insane. So what I'm hearing is whenever I can finally get to one of the games, I have to make sure I sit up like right up close, right in front of him, so I can hear all these funny call-outs he does. Yeah. Uh, the, the time I heard him was when he was still on Dallas, and it was him and XQC. You could hear him both. Uh <laughs> I can only imagine what the comms were <laughs> and, like and, then. And I have never heard any other players' voices coming through besides those two. Damn. All right. Moving on to our next topic. Because unless we have anything else on Inside Out, heard the Valiant video. Oh, there's one little thing. Uh, it's not action Inside Any Valiant video, but uh, Korean Munan... Uh, it's at Korean underscore Munan on Twitter. <laughs> just these really funny, uh, almost like mini inside NA Valiant things where he'll like post something that's happened, such as uh, Bunny conning soon dad. Agenda's trying to hold hands with Kareev and Kareev saying no, only for girls. I find these very, very funny and nice to see how the players have just become really good friends with each other. I will say Korean Mulan is probably my absolute favorite Twitter account I followed in recent months. Yeah, he's great. He is absolutely great. Um another fun place to get get insight is uh, a couple of the staff members. I think Kraft still streams, but I know Baymax still streams and they will occasionally talk about stuff that happens at work or like uh I know for the Battle of LA Valiant uh, when when Bunny came out, he would just sit in the dugout and was sitting there saying, carry me soon, carry me soon, carry me soon. And that's, that's a fun story that I got um, from her stream. Okay, so now we can move on to uh, what's next with Valiant. Uh, next week, Valiant will be going up against Boston Uprising and Philadelphia Fusion. And then it's the playoffs. So that's going to be tough. 
Sorry, I was zoned out. I'm bad at this. I'll admit it. But discussing week five, we are in a really interesting spot for the playoffs. Uh, If we win one of our games, we are guaranteed in. If we win one game, we cannot be caught by any of these uh, teams on the outside looking to claw their way in. Uh, Dwarf, do you think we'll be able to beat Boston? I think we can. I know, obviously, Boston's playing incredible right now, um, but they've also played a lot of really close games, and we've played a lot of really close games, and I think... I think it'll really could come down to the wire. I think it's a game that we can win. I don't necessarily think we should be favored in that game. I'm assuming that the casters are going to unanimously pick Boston to win it, and I'm not going to blame them for that. Um, but I do think it is a winnable game if we play as well as we can. Um, the map pool is, I'd say, a little split for us. I, I don't love our Temple of Anubis or our Blizzard World, but... Oh, no. I do think we can take Nepal in Route 66, and I think we can take Blizzard World um, if we clean up that KSF strat that we ran a little bit. Because once you get past the first there, uh, I think we would have had a lot better shot if we could have played a real defense. Um, I'm going to be really excited for that map. I would definitely like to see more KSF. I know the Vanyan is usually very good at control, so we have that advantage. Especially with the map 5s being a control map. So if it does go to map five. Yeah. And we play the same map three and map four, uh, Nepal and route 66 for both our games this week. So we don't have to double duty on our planning there. We can kind of plan a bunch, you know, instead of having to worry at all about the other two maps in the pool. I kind of hope that they would at least just stick to one of them, do a lot of planning on the game. Cause like you said, we just need one. So if we just kind of focus on that one, we'll have a higher chance. But is there any other team that can take our spot in it? If there's like a sudden four zero or something due to map differentials, uh, if we don't win a game, we can lose our spot. If we win a game, we'll have seven wins. Um, which means the only t- there are only four teams that can possibly get seven or more wins: Boston, who has eight; New York, who has seven; um, us at six wins, and the Gladiators at five. If they win out, they can get seven wins. But with four teams making the playoffs, every team currently not in it only has four wins, so they'd be sitting at six and not able to catch us even to make up a map differential. Nice. So if we lose both our games, we can we'll be six and four, um, and our differential will not be thirteen; it'll be as low as five, and and it would be very possible for one of these four win teams to get both of their wins and uh, and come up and catch us. How do you feel the Valiant versus Fusion will go? That depends on which fusion team shows up. They're, yeah, they're an extremely thinking. hard team to predict. Um, I mean, if they play the way they did against Seoul, I think we can run over that. But if they play one of their better games, then they're an extremely hard team to beat. Um, I do think we match up okay against them. We've played them well in the past. We, I believe, 4-0'd them the first time we played them. And then in Stage 2, when we were playing, frankly, some of the worst the Valiants played, um, we were able to take it to a map five, I believe. I, I'm not 100% on that. Um, I can find that right now. It was either a 3-1 or a 3-2. I do think of the two that we have a higher chance of winning that one. It was a 3-2. 3-2? Um, three, two? Yep. So, said we, we took them to a map five when we were playing our worst. Um, I think the map pool is better for us against Philly. Uh, we've got Volskaya, which we've looked terrible on, 
but we did start to look a little better on it recently. Um, the bunny soon strat and actually seeing soon run Sombra, which is something I wanted to mention that didn't, that we actually got to see soon run Sombra for a bit and Ooh, soldier yes, for a I bit. Get... And I really loved seeing that because I have been beating my fists against my keyboard saying, I want to see bunny tracer soon Sombra. And, um, at least once or twice. And so I was really happy to see that. And I think that'll help give us a shot in Volskaya. Numbani, N- Nepal, and Route 66 are all maps I think we do well on. Philly's good on them too, of course, but I think they're definitely all winnable maps in that pool. Um, so I think we've got final, a decent shot. Uh, scores, how do you think the scores will come out for both of them? Um, I'm going to go... 3-2 Valiant with a reverse sweep on Boston. I think we'll uh, have to pull out a reverse sweep if we want to beat them because I, I don't love our chances on Blizzard World or Temple of Anubis, uh, even though I thought I think we can pull out either of those. That's just, I don't think, likely. And then um, probably I'm going to go with a 3-1 against Philly. And I, I, I am going to pick us becoming an 8-win team. Uh, call me biased. I'm completely okay with that. I'm still not going to predict my team to lose. <laughs> yeah, same with me. I mean, I'm if going the casters can be biased, we can be biased. Hey, that's that's my line. <laughs> but yeah, I Not I anymore. definitely agree with those predictions. I would mimic them. Well, I mean, Chad, you beat me on predictions last week. Yeah. So I feel like I have to piggyback. That way, I'm not. So you're piggybacking off of my piggybacking. Yes. I like it. <laughs> Neither of us are putting in any effort. <laughs> This is why we need guests more often. You know, that's kind of like a situation I had in another Discord where I stated a comment to a streamer, and the streamer stated that comment on stream, and then somebody else stated that comment as something that was, and it was a potentially happening comment. It's like, I think this happened. And then the streamer said, I think this happened. I heard it from somebody. And then somebody else said in the Discord, this happened. And I was like, uh, we're still not sure of that. And they're like, yeah, they did. The streamer said it. And I was like, yeah, I'm the one that told the streamer. I know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, Dwarf, I think you're cursed. Yeah, that was fun. Somebody's like, no, I heard that. And I'm like, yeah, you, you kind of heard it from me in a way. <laughs> I heard from someone that I heard from someone that from someone's brother that Banyan is going to win no matter what. Bookworm's brother here. I'm his horse. Uh, I have faith that <laughs> we'll win. I'd like to see us take the stage. That would be, as the kids say today, poggers. <laughs> You're not even that old. I'm old enough to say that kids these days say things. You know For me, I more am... important than the stage is trying to take a full spot on top of the Pacific Division so we can get a nice um, bye week coming into the playoffs. Oh, right. I forgot that overall standings are even a thing. Yeah, we're one game behind Seoul right now. They play London and Houston, two games that I think they should not be favored in. Um, So if we can win one or both of ours, we can definitely hopefully pick that up. I believe we've got a better map differential as well. This stage um, has so, Boston to just skyrocket. All we have to do. Yeah, Boston it's has been on fire. Boston came out of nowhere and just popped up. But if you look at the map differentials, like, they're not actually that different from us by yeah. the looks of it. I think we just have more wins. I think it's just three for differential. Yeah. 
Yeah, and part of that is that they had a massive losing streak to start off stage two. It was actually close to, if not was, the longest actual consecutive map loss streak going back from, like, their last loss against Houston in stage one, pushing forward into stage two. Yeah, I think they have second to the Outnaws now, was it? Because I remember at one point, Outnaws ended up taking Shanghai's uh, streak of longest uh, not having a map picked up. I think they came one clo- one short of that because I remember being mad at Steve that they came one short of that in Boston. That was last I checked. I haven't seen if any others have gone on long losing streaks. They didn't check on Shanghai stage two, but yeah, because Shanghai, yeah. while they're on a uh, series losing streak, they're actually not that bad at the maps because they almost always pick up one map. Yeah, they had a really rough like two or three weeks in stage one where they got four owed, four owed, four owed, four owed. But other than that, they have been pretty. Decent at at least taking one map. The league standings aren't looking too bad for Valiant. Like fifth place right now. There's still one week left of the stage and one more stage left. So not bad. Not bad. Yeah, it's it's going to be close. Uh, say we're at 17 and 11. Philly's at 17 and 11. And then you've got Houston and the other LA team nipping on our heels. The Gladiators have 15 wins and Houston has 16. So it is It is going to be interesting to see who takes over who. Um, we've got the best differential there. It's 21, but it'll be interesting. Now, uh, besides the games that are coming up, events we have coming up, uh, there is the block party that was unfortunately uh, either canceled or pushed back. They could not get the permits in time for it, so... It was like it, it, we got the announcement like the day after last week's episode aired. So we're just like, ah, it's like, as soon as, soon as our episode airs, we're wrong. But as a trade-off for that, there is the Overwatch Flash Ops at UCR taking place on the same day as the block party was taking place. Yeah, and there's about a 70% chance that any people that go there will uh, meet me because I am close enough to go to that. And I'm going to try my best to go as well. Since it turns out that me and Dwarf are so close to this event, like, what the heck? What the I heck? will also try to make it, but I make no promises. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chad. We keep talking about these events in Southern California, and you're over on the East Coast. I'll get to an event eventually. Hey, we can, like, I, I have an extra bed in my room. I mean, it's still I a can half, always... It's still a full crunchy trip. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. Plus, if I, if I did come, me and your uh, me and your brother would probably just spend the entire day just swooning over soon. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, there was an Auburn fan who made it all the way to L uh, to L A for the to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl on an electric scooter. Um, oh my god! I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> That's dedication. <laughs> to be fair, he broke down in I believe Arizona and uh, hitchhiked the rest of the way. But yeah. See, my goal is if I ever do head out that way. I'm gonna collect East Side Valiant fans, and we're just gonna road trip because I don't. Why like, do I get the feeling this is gonna happen to my house? I don't like driving that far by myself. <laughs> I like, fall asleep stop every every stage. You stop by someone, pick them up, and they're in the car, and you just arrive at Dwarf's house with like twenty people behind you. You don't even know how they offered in the car, but they did. <laughs> Uh, to make it to the May 5th event of the the Overwatch Flash Ops. Oh, goodness. 
But yeah, then we would all, we would all just crash at Dwarfs. I believe there was a, an all-group invite out there somewhere. Yes, for my house that I will be buying, but not before May 5th. Uh, we'll, we'll get yeah. there eventually. We'll just stay until... <laughs> just hide in its backyard. Yeah. Uh, live in a tree house. Hey, look, like... my dog would be really happy if you hide in my backyard and play with him all day. Oh, I would. I love dogs. What kind of dog? Uh, it is a mutt. It's at least part pit bull, but not entirely. It's kind of got the face, but not the body. Um, just throwing it out there as a DM demand. I need it in, a picture of it in selfies soon. There are pictures of it in selfies already, but I'll post another one. Or repost one. Either or. I knew having dwarf here would be a terrible idea. Here we are getting off talk about dogs of all things. I mean, technically we've advanced to our open mic slash VV talk section, but nobody gave us any no, topics. No, we still have to, we still have two more events to talk about. Oh, we do. Yep. You're right. Shows how well I know our schedule. Oh, back to work. Yes, we have uh, the Girls Gaming Summit coming up. Uh, that is May 19th, correct? I believe so. Yep. Noon to 8 p.m. And then the next one after that is June 10th, and that is our L.A. Pride Party. Seems to be about the same time. I'm hoping to be able to make it to both of those events as well. I know Cass is going to be making it down for the Girls Gaming Summit. It's going to be great. She's an awesome person, and I've been wanting to meet her. And make fun of her for buying a Genji butt pin, uh, not butt pin, no, butt mouse pad. Have you been keeping <laughs> up to date with that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, apparently, her mouse pad was defective. So the squishy stuff that makes the butt where the wrist is supposed to lay on was like coming out. And like fr- the, the fabric was spraying at the end. But she's going to get a second one. Uh, the person she bought it from is going to send her a replacement. And she wants to make them touch butts now. That is the most cast thing I've ever heard. It is the most cast thing I've ever heard, which was, makes us so awesome. And I'm really glad that she's the one that moderates the viewing parties. Since any Valiant is part of Immortals, we are going to have super fan Ace Fire, one of the coolest guys around, actually is paying me to say this, please send help, is here to just give us a quick update on what's going on with Immortals. Thank you, Chad and Bookworm, for that awesome segue. My name's Ace Fire, or just call me Ace. I'll be going over a section as we'd like to call This Week in IMT, or for full length, This Week in Immortals. The parent organization of LA Valiant started back in 2015 for a brief history lesson with our wonderful CEO, Noah Winston. From there, the esports scene has grown and developed in the past few years as Immortals has had multiple teams in League of Legends, CSGO, as well as some mobile divisions as well in the past. Looking at more recent news, however, we see that IMT has re-entered the mobile scene for esports and has a new, more founded base as a mobile division. We see games entering such as Arena of Valor as well as Clash Royale. And as we look over time, we're seeing more and more players added and more coaching staff for these brand new esports scenes. Arena of Valor for more recent IMT news is looking towards getting that top seed in the Valor series in a qualifier for the World Cup. And that new esports scene looking to be the biggest esports scene for mobile division yet in our recent, more recent times. Uh, with that, we can also find that Clash Royale actually added a new player royal to that roster, making us have two players, as well as coaching staff for that part. 
looking more back on base in terms of big giant MOBAs, IMT Dota 2 was just participating in a qualifier to go to the China Super Mega... IMT Dota 2 was actually just in a in a qualifier trying to go to the China Dota 2 Super Major. Uh, for those of you who aren't exactly on point with the savvy, um, for those of you who are not familiar with the Dota 2 terminology, majors are the bigger competitions for uh, Dota, which help teams get qualifying points to be able to go to the TI or the International. And after Noah went to the International 8 last year, if I recall correctly, he fell in love with Dota 2 and decided to pick up a team, which now we have one. As far as more news on IMT Smash, Anti, as well as Shroomed, have been doing a little bit more local tournaments and local seas as far as that goes as uh, weeklies or monthlies. Gearing up and getting prepped up and ready to compete in Smash 4 and Smash Melee, respectively, for DreamHack. As far as any bigger news, we need to look towards the organization itself and see that we have recently seen Immortals pick up a new partner after losing Bloody Gaming as well as Omen by HP. Mountain Dew has been a big brand in terms of sodas, and now we have Gamer Juice listed under the INT family. Another big move for Immortals is actually partnering up with a company called K-Swiss. This sets another new precedence in the world of esports, as K-Swiss is a footwear company that was popular, that was actually originated in the 60s, were popular in the 70s and 80s for their tennis footwear. Um, the sport itself, tennis, not like tennis shoes, like tennis shoes, but tennis, like the sport, in that regard. And their development with Immortals and their partnership has created a footwear line specifically geared towards esport athletes. And this is one of those new precedents that Immortals typically sets out to do. And we can see that this, alongside that Mountain Dew partnership earlier, is a, another step towards expanding and growing as an organization. We hope to see. A lot more news in the coming weeks as far as new partnerships or new um, sponsorships in that regards as well when it comes to what we can find with Immortals and Valiant. As far as from there, though, now we get into a little bit of that juicy juice, that speculation. IMT has been in a lot of multiple esports scenes such as Vainglory, League of Legends, and CSGO. More recent news has led to some more speculation on the IMT CSGO as there was a general manager announced a few months ago back in January, February time. Nothing has been heard about a roster and speculation has it that Immortals is going to be picking up SK Gaming's CSGO roster and nothing's been confirmed as of yet, but apparently SK Gaming's roster also really loves Mountain Dew. I'm not putting two and two together, but nothing's been confirmed or denied on that. And that has been this week's in IMT. Throw it back at you guys with some more LA Valiant information. Thank you, Ace, for that update. We totally didn't record this last minute. Is that fine? Fine. So now we can move on. Yeah, now we're officially in the open mic slash PV talk section. And unfortunately, we don't have any topics from anyone, so it's just open mic. Yeah. If you uh, want to be featured next week, do tweet at us or DM us or post in Discord. With anything involving hashtag VVTalk. So I do have one interesting Overwatch League comment that just happened in the last, uh, pretty much the time while we were recording. Mm -hmm. um, 
there was a press release that came out that was, I guess, misleading um, that said that Sato could play this week, the the suspended uh, main tank for the Philadelphia Fusion, that he was going to be eligible for the first time this week because he had been suspended for 28 regular season or for 30 regular season games. And they played two, those two postseason games. Um, and it had been previously like said a press release that said, yeah, those two games counted. Um, well, the head coach of the Philadelphia Fusion just updated everyone about an hour after that became public that said that's inaccurate. He can't play until the end of stage three, period. Um, so so that is news for those of us, myself included, who had read the press release saying that Sato would be play, would be eligible this week, whether or not they'd play him or not. Um, that, that was, in fact, false hope. Well, I mean, uh, he got... Uh, banned because he was running a boosting side, right? Uh, or boosting train, something like that. Yeah, boosting service in Korea. Which is a very big deal. I'm honestly surprised that they're even letting him play this season because apparently it was an incredibly big boosting service and it's something that's very, like, looked down upon in Korea. Although as a, uh, there's a whole thread of explaining why boosting is such a big deal and why it's so bad, but I like I don't have access to it anymore. Threads get lost very, very quickly if you don't save them. I know Fisher came out and had a big rant about that on Twitter about boosting in general. I never knew that it was so frowned upon. Uh the one I read, I don't wanna Nobody take my word for it because I might get some facts wrong, but uh, I believe it was with StarCraft 2 that in one of the tournaments, it they found out that uh, part of it was rigged at the end. Not exactly rigged, but so, um, so some people were throwing to for others to make it to the top sort of thing, which is similar to boosting where people will either throw games so someone else can climb or somebody who is a higher ENA will uh, play a use an account to get it to a high ENO and then give it to someone who's lower ENO. So they've already they had these like big issue where it was happening in a competitive scene and just as this game's competitive scene was kind of taking a hit which is why boosting even in like the in-game, Nado is seen as such a bad thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was something like that. I'm trying to find it, but I can't find it. I thought I had it liked and saved and bookmarked. Because it was something very insightful to learn about. And I can't find it now, which is really sad. Oh, I can probably find it uh, searching keywords like as soon as this uh, finishes recording. Editor's note, it's in the show notes. The bookworm that uses bookmarks. <laughs> I know, I think it's in Contenders, or was it Apex? Uh, certain players were actually like, completely banned from seasons due to uh, boosting and other things similar, like selling accounts, maybe not necessarily to boost, but a lot of that stuff would cause players to just be ineligible to play at all for the entire season, not even just like a few map, uh, a few match uh, uh, what's it called? Suspension. It was a full-on ban for a season. Well, they take that particular offense a lot more uh, seriously in Korea, which is actually one of the reasons I'm kind of interested to seeing Sato because he was known as being a booster. Nobody would just, just nobody would sign him. 
Uh, he has no professional experience. There's no game tape on him. How he plays. Is he good? Um, like it's entirely a question mark to me, which is fascinating. Um, because the last question mark, uh, was Jonak, his last player who came a question mark straight off the ladder into the competitive scene. And obviously, uh, we've seen how well he's done. Um, but then there are definitely some other examples where they've taken a while and bombed out and, you know, had to, had to fight their way up from not, not had quite as stellar of a introduction as Sado or as a Joan acted. Is Sado a main tank or an off tank? Uh, he's listed as a main tank. Oh man. That means if he comes in, my boy Fraggy won't be playing. Yeah. Fra- Fraggy has made some big strides for that team too. He, uh, I've been very vocal before as saying that his Winston was not up to par um, in stage one. And I still don't think he's one of the better main tanks in the league, um, particularly on Winston. His Reinhardt is incredible. Oh, his um, Reinhardt is terrifying. It'd be nice to but see I, Reinhardt in meta again, because he's only for certain maps because he has no vertical uh, verticality, unlike someone like Winston and Diva. I mean, I'm going to be honest, I want Reinhardt to be meta because I'm an off tank and I really like playing Zarya and Roadhog. And you can't do that when your main tank is Winston. Oh, yeah. I love playing <laughs> Zarya. Uh, I don't play... I, I, I'm a support main, but I'm next to tank all the time because no one wants to play tank. I usually need to go Diva, Zarya, uh, Orisa. And like, I recently just like got to play a lot of uh, Zarya. It was so much fun. So much fun. I pretty much one tricked Zarya and or two tricked Zarya and Roadhog early in the Overwatch days, and then when they got replaced by Diva, I picked her up too. But I, there's still nothing better than hooking somebody into the hill or into the well on uh, Ilios and then waving high at them as they fall. I'm not the best Roadhog, but I can still. I I don't have a the worst uh, hook accuracy, so it's just so much fun just hooking them into the well. I replaced that with Orisa's halt. One time someone was like <laughs> mad at me for playing Orisa and then I go, why don't you switch to a better tank? I was like, I don't know, it's really dumb. They, uh, it was coming from someone who wouldn't switch to a healer when we had a Sono healing Nucio. So, you know where that's coming from. Uh, and I immediately get two people into the well. One of them was the diva who managed to fly out. But I was like, oh, yes, I'm a terrible, uh, what's it called, Orisa. Like, I'm totally going to play a different tank. It is great hooking a diva into the well or off the map in a place right after she she's boosted, and then watching them the next couple of lives just terrified to hit those thrusters because they feel like the second it goes on cooldown, um, it almost deprives them of an ability for a bit because they're so afraid to use it and then get hooked into the well. I'm usually since I usually try to shot call, I'm always like keeping an eye on everybody else's cooldowns, and I'm just like, hmm, hmm. You, I can, I can get you into the well. It is great. I, I fortunately don't shot call. I generally play with the same uh, group of people, about you know seven, eight, or nine of us, but we'll rotate in and try to play in a group of six at any given to. day. And so I can just sit on Diva, Hog, and Zarya and never have to play anything else except maybe Brigitte. This next meta, we'll see. I I'm have so to uh, Sono heal. Not Sono heal. Sono uh, Q all the time because most of my friends are like Diamond and Masters and I'm here and barely got it into gold. I almost fall into silver because I went on like a 10 news streak. 
So I'm usually the one like shot conning and like basically yelling at people. Like I have Valk, go forward. We have a pick. Stop walking backwards. I'm keeping you alive, please. Ninety five percent of my comms aren't safe for podcasts. <laughs> Let's just say I'm toxic mercy man. When who generally mercy? is who generally says things that are, are can be summed up as. Will you please stop the Winston from walking through you to get to me? Oh Can God! You just shoot I'm... him once. <laughs> there was a game I had recently. I was pocketing the Farah. We had like full hold on uh, Nizzard World, so we just needed to get a tick. And I'm just pocketing the Farah right now, and I'm like, uh, this, the Diva's on me, and they'll help. And like the Diva's kind of flying after us, but instead of focusing the Farah, she was focusing me. And at one point, I'm like, Can you guys please stop help with the Diva? And she's like, oh, just, just follow me. Just pocket me. I'm like, dude, I'm dead. I'm dead. I died to the diva because you wouldn't turn around and help me. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things is when people will spam I need healing after they literally just let like a DPS or something walk through the entire team and kill you. I'm like, yeah, I need healing too, buddy. Don't you worry. I'll get to you as soon as I can. I promise. Just let me uh, get rid of this gray screen. Stop looking at these spawn room walls. Yeah, I'm constantly like checking who's alive and something like I die. Keep your Nuzio knife. Don't let him die. Stay near him if you want healing. And I'm I'm trying to get back, and then suddenly I see the Nuzio die. I'm like, oh god damn it, they didn't listen. And we if could it be up. It, it doesn't get any better as you climb. People still. I think my highest was like 3,100, and I've still had to deal with people just up. Oh, you're a healer. Have fun. Good luck. I am 95 percent sure that this is our longest recording. We're I think so. Hour and a half. Hey, but we did have this like 20 minutes before when we were just like discussing a few things and getting things ready while we That's just started true. joking around. Well, yeah, we don't really have anything else for VV Talk besides that cool little tidbit that Dwarf gave us that led us down a tangent as usual. But that's, yeah. what, the, that's what this segment is about. Just like people giving us uh, questions, topics, some things about Valiant, some things about Overwatch League, and something's completely unrelated. So like anything goes. I'm looking through the Discord to see what stuff people may have asked us on there. Uh, if you do want another tangential topic, um, or another topic Overwatch League related, um, there was a video recently, like yesterday, I think. Uh, there was a video from the Dallas Fuel, Dallas Fuel yesterday where they had Harry Hook give a little one-minute interview talking about the fact that the team has been seeing a new sports psychologist um, who he feel like has been helping their mentality a lot, which I think kind of showed in their matches, even when they were getting their butts kicked. Uh, there was one of the game where they go into Junker World and they're messing around Junker and World? Seagulls locking everyone inside the Junker Town. Yes. Did I say Junker World? You said yes. Junker World. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I was just going to let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> where they go into the hideout, the the Roadhog and Junkrat hideout, and they're uh, seagulls locking them in with a Maywall, and they're like, "Oh no, we can't get out!" and, and freaking around, freaking out about all that. So that was, that was a really uh, cute really clip. I, I remember seeing that clip of them just like, "Oh, what if we get knocked in here?" and suddenly he puts up the Maywall. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I'm really happy that they have a new uh, psychologist because before they didn't have one, I think they only had a hypnotist, right? Or something like that. I, I'm not sure. At least that's what I gathered. Uh, 
I'm not 100% sure because from what I'm, it wasn't, I want to say it was from people, from notes people took from that uh, one thing that XQC was saying was going on with uh, Fuel before he left and stuff. So I can't say it's 100% true. But from what I hear, they didn't have a psychologist that was really there to give them like one-on-one help and stuff instead of just like letting them go off on their own and try to get help on their own. Now they have someone that actually works for them and is there for them. And as terrible as it sounds, that's kind of exactly what the team needed in stage one when they had uh, XQC on it. I think that would have been really helpful to have. Oh, I think that would have led to XQC having a lot less issues, having someone telling him those things. Yeah, both. They needed both somebody to help them with PR and someone to help them with their mental health. Because they came in looking as like, oh, this is envious. This is somebody who is everybody knows that's going to do well they was like put to be one of the top three teams and suddenly they're getting full old by everybody and all so that's like a very bad for their mentality and bad for the mental health just they suddenly feel like they're the worst team out there and you know what i think that is kind of something you can say about all the teams that came in without making some fairly significant improvements to the roster uh, to join the Overwatch League is the rest of the talent kind of coalesced into these nine, ten organizations. You have these pre-existing teams who, if you didn't make a significant change, which um, honestly, neither Lunatic High, the Soul Dynasty, or um, Envious, the Dallas Fuel, did, uh, you can kind of see that they went from being these dominant, dominant, better than everyone else in the league situations to, hey, they're getting caught by a lot of people, you know, uh, Luxury Watch Blue added four players to their roster when they joined the team, including multiple starters uh, and some key starters. And uh, obviously, Kongadu Panther added the entirety of six new players. And, uh, you know, they both were able to keep it up compared to these teams that relied on pre-Overwatch League success. Uh, also, real quick before I forget to mention, because we forgot it last week, uh, you mentioning videos, short videos brought it up, brought it to my attention. We didn't discuss the Custa video. Ah, the 90 yes. seconds with Custa. And then we also had uh, the Numb locked in 90 seconds this week. And then we had the Val Avengers as well. Val Avengers. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought that was a, a very clever name. Who do you think came up with that, Steve? I would imagine Steve probably had something to do with it at the very least. Yeah, because like, he's the resident meme nord. But I don't know. Maybe it was Baymax. She's been. She's pretty. Craft is also a good meme. Uh, we have a lot of good memes. Yeah, we've got a good staff to work with. I really <laughs> like those videos. It was nice to have something different. So those little mini videos that they do on the side. Uh, Custa's, I think, my favorite because there was a small clip of his cat, and I love his cat. I want to meet mm-hmm. his cat. I will find a way to meet his cat. I would. <laughs> I actually have to interject there. When I was at the game uh, last week and we were running out onto stage, I was in the front row. And as Custa was walking up, I shouted, bring Bo on stage with you as he was going up. I don't know if he heard it or not, but uh, I completely agree. We need more of Custa's yes, cat, Bo. Yeah, Bo is, Bo is great. I always loved, I've seen several of his streams where he'll have the camera kind of pointing at him and then behind him is his bed and Bo's on it. 
There was one stream I was watching where he just like took the camera off his face and pointed it to the ground to just stare at the cat. And then Bo is just like starts to paw at the camera. It's, it was the best day of my life. There was also one where he did that and um, Agilities and Kareev came into the room and the instead of his face, all you see was Agilities and Kareev just playing with Bo for probably half an hour. Uh, just sitting there playing with the cat while Gustav's playing Overwatch. That's pretty good. Speaking of cats, I can hear my brother's cat meowing at the door, wanting to get in. You know, that a wanting to do the same thing it did. Let's see, what? Was it during your stream or during our last podcast recording when it was doing that and you went to go open the door and it just kind of walked I think it was my stream because I remember I was doing a stream once and I was like half off the chair because the cat was sitting on the chair and and she wouldn't get up. (laughs) That's cats for you. I wonder how, you know, my brother's cat Eliza loves to play around, but she hates my cat. She loves to play with her brother, though. So I go, wonder if she'd ever play with Bo. Hmm. Thank you. No, don't <laughs> kidnap Custis cat. I I will, I love cats. I want to meet Custis cat. Custis Bo is so precious, and I'm so glad that they like put that little clip of Bo just fawning, like jumping into the box and then fawning off the bed. It was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like Numnock's uh, video was great, and yeah, no, Bo Bo was better. Yeah, I was gonna say I really liked Numlocks, but. I think Custa's edges it out just because of Bo. I mean, I, I do love me some Numlock, though. Like, oh, yeah. I've, uh, obviously, I, I am the guy with the crab hat who you saw on stage one. Um, if, you, if you saw in the audience a couple of times. Crab and crab. it was the sign for his birthday. And I've actually uh, just, like, had a chatted with him. Um, he actually reached out to me on Discord and was like, hey, I'd like to meet you and get a picture, you know, that day. And, like, I've chatted him with Discord on oh. Discord once since. That's he's, awesome. he's, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah like, I reached out to him because he said in the Discord, uh, like, hey, if somebody makes me a crab hat, like, like if you like if you have the ability to make another one of those, I would totally do it. And then I made one for him and reached out to him to try and uh, try and give it to him. But he was not at the arena the day I tried to give it to him. So I still do have an extra crab hat uh, sitting around. Uh, if I'm locked, listens to this and is interested in it, uh, reach out. And so, let me know. so what I'm hearing is I have to go the same day you do and just like wear that hat for a little bit just to feel like I, I'm as cool as the Crab King. Yeah, pretty much. That's why I do it. <laughs> I do think in general we have some of the, I don't want to say coolest because that's kind of a lame word to describe them, but some of the best players, like personality-wise. Yeah, the other day I was watching a uh, Silkthread stream, and he was in a trio with Aginities and Numnoct. It was so much fun to watch. So funny just seeing all of them playing together. It makes me it makes me miss Silk Thread, but it was funny to see Aginities and Numnock playing together. I'm waiting for them to unleash the Crab King on the stage. Please give us Crab King. Well, I, I feel like if uh, Ryan becomes more meta, we're probably going to see a bit more of Numnock because he does have a really good Ryan. Uh, they were playing 6v6, and Numnock would just, like, charge at the very, very beginning, like, almost as soon as the doors open. And at one point, he took two people off the map. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, that's an intense Ryan right there. Also, we were speaking about Custom. I forgot to mention it. Um, I was really surprised that Custom finally joined Valcord. Ah, yes, he's finally joined us. I woke up one day and saw him there, and I'm like, that's neat. I'm glad he's here. I wonder why it took him so long. 
Did he just like forget or does he not use Discord almost at all besides uh, like scrims and stuff for voice chat or something? I don't know. I guess he's, he's active like... in his Discord a lot. So it was probably just was wasn't thinking about it. Like he's fairly active in his Discord, but it's probably like the same where he's like, eh, how, didn't even think to do it. You know, sometimes you it's not like, a, oh, I'm intentional not doing it for a reason. He it's just a. Us. Inserted fake crying. No, sound. a lot of his fans joined our Discord really quickly, though. Oh yeah, that was that was really impressive. All the all the Custa fans, uh, Sabi the Black Cat with those amazing new emotes. Ah, those are so um, cute. I absolutely for Custa love and the Bunny, Bunny, the Bunny one. Bunny, 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 Bunny. We also got a bunch of Bunny fans, although I don't think they're as active as most of them are Korean, mm-hmm. and a lot of our chats are all English. Yeah, I would. I know we would love to add like a, a French chat and a Korean chat for our other uh, our other fans, especially we've got players from there. But I know it's been brought up a couple of times. We just don't have the you know how could we moderate it without um, hiring on a bunch of new mods yeah. who we don't necessarily have to trust because we haven't worked yeah, with them. Yeah, I had uh, one of the servers I mod for. Uh, it's a art streamer guy. We, at one point, he got a bunch of French fans because there was a French guy who was stealing his art. I don't know how that ended up like, working out, but he got a bunch of them. And some of them joined the server and were like, guys, we have to keep this in English because the mods only know English. And one of the guys was like, oh, I know both English and French, so if you make a French channel, I can moderate it. And I'm like, uh, we don't know you. We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the worst that could so happen? So it's like... It'd be really tough to have a multilingual Discord. Yeah, uh, we do, though, uh, another random announcement. Um, we do have somebody hired on to start translating all the videos into French. Um, oh, yes. For, I know that Tech was a... Techano, yep. Tech, he's uh, uh, very active that I've... in the Discord, so... I've been mentally mispronouncing another name. I'm doing great. I, I always call him Tack. So I'm like, I, I never notice how you pronounce Nas part of his name. I just call him Tack. I always thought it was talk. So. I mean, it might be. I don't actually know how it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, hold on. I'll ask him if he's online. Yeah, yeah he is. But yeah, he's very active in Valcord. Very cool guy. Talked to him a few times. Uh. So it's really nice to know that he's going to be helping out with the French uh, subtitles. Uh, with that said, I I watched some of the, I watched the latest Inside Valiant with French subtitles, even though can't speak French. And I told him he did a great job. Yeah, he's he's DM'd me once or twice, and we've talked about that because he's of course in Korea right now, or uh, he's in Japan right now. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, he is in Japan right now uh, studying abroad, and he's like, yeah, this timing is really weird where. <laughs> You know, he's getting these videos right as he's going to bed to translate or, or things like that. Um, so it's been it's been interesting. So it is like tech. It is tech. I just got the insider. It's tech. Tech. Now I'm trying to explain why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're totally not making fun of you. Oh, who do we have to make fun of this podcast? Uh, NC needs to go study. Uh, we already made her go study NAS podcast. Yeah, but it's got to be in every podcast thing. True, true. We've discussed this. Oh, yeah, we did have a singular VV talk topic. Oh, we did? I didn't see one. 
Yeah, brought by um, one of us, i.e. me. Uh, let's discuss how the mods are bullies. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say mods, but we all know I, mean, I really mean just one of them. Who hurt you? I have no comment. Who hurt you? <laughs> the one that's not dwarf. <laughs> hey, we have four mods, so uh, there are three that you could be talking about right now, well, technically. I only ever see two of you. I mean, there's three or nine right now, so either you're nine or... Well, I interact with two of them. And one of them bullies <laughs> me. <sighs> Yeah, Adria is totally the meme lord mod. She pins all the funny stuff. Um, and then I occasionally go in like a day later and unpin certain things. Like when a selfie of my of me was pinned, I went in later and unpinned it. Don't tell me you've unpinned my things. I'll be upset. I'm so proud of them. I don't know. I've only unpinned like old schedules and then the one time that a selfie of me got pinned. I think it's the only time I've ever actually unpinned things i'm pinned twice in in general and it makes me proud yeah i can see that your pin in general i think i'm pinned uh i've pinned a few times in general once in general i feel a few times in other ones because there's the do it for them i made a while back of all the players uh i to see what else have i been pinned i swear i've been pinned more than once it might have been unpinned by a dwarf Probably. Now we we've, we're learning. We're getting the secrets. Dwarf is actually the secret bully. So you're the bunny who bullies the bully. I only unpin things that are no longer relevant, like pictures of me. And I actually think that's the only thing I've ever actually pictures unpinned. Pictures of you always unpinned. Um, yeah, but they don't need to be pinned. They do. I think I have. Uh, I have one comment that's pinned in both Superfan Lounge and General. Because I originally was joking about it in Superfan Lounge the day of the AMA. And then Noah was taking uh -oh. questions through general. Oh, yes. Auditorial style yeah. arena. I want to see it happen. Mods, can we uh, So far from my experience, Adri would definitely win. You would do the more damage, but she would she'd get the final blows. Look, all I'm saying is one of your mods starts and ends every day with 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups, and the other one is named Catching Adrian. Huh. I like my chances in a Gladys Toriel style fight. Uh, just, just to point out what you, or just to call back what you said, there are four mods. You only talk about two. I yeah, mean, that's one true, of, but One of them is called Hardcore Hank. So yeah. I know nothing about Hank or Blueport other than the fact that they were mods on the Immortals Discord before the Valiant Discord was a thing. Along with a lot of mods who didn't move over. Um, there are like, let me check real quick. Six mods in that channel, and Adri isn't one of them. So there were five mods that didn't move over. Uh, or there were three mods that just didn't join the LA Valiant Discord. Oh, wow. Yeah, which speaking of, I literally became a mod in the Immortals Discord. Like, I'm not going to say against my will, because I was definitely willing to do it. But it was just like, all of a sudden, I went on the Discord one day, and my name was purple in that channel, and I was, or orange in that channel. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, I guess I'm a mod here now. <laughs> That's happened to me on 
two servers that I mod for where suddenly I wake up and I'm in the, I'm in the mod server and suddenly there's a bunch of talking going on. I'm like, what just happened? And then like the one person who did ask me if I wanted to be a mod beforehand was like very respectful about it. Like, do you, are you sure? I know you already mod for two other streamers. Do you want to be my mod? Um, I want, you're always here, but I want to know if you're okay with this. Like, it was completely different. I was like, wait, you're actually asking if I want to be a mod? I was having forced upon me. I was asked if I wanted to be a mod for the LA Valiant um, by Cass, actually, about a week after they added Adri. She DM'd me and was like, hey, by the way, we were having an unrelated discussion, too. I forget what it was about. Uh, D&D. It might have been about the crab hats. No, it was probably about the crab hats. And she was like, by the way, do you want to be a mod? And I was like, uh, tell me what that entails in this particular server, because it changes from server to server. You be like, uh, what am I going to have to do for that? You got to ban chat like every two days. Please, please don't. Look, I'm just going to say there are a couple of members that have definitely accused me of banning a lot more people than I've actually banned. So what I'm hearing <laughs> is that I have to leave the server and just like start talking about how you've banned me, even though it wasn't actually you. Oh, I mean, it's it'll be that or it'll be... um. I've gotten a couple of times where people will keep saying I've threatened to ban them when I like said, hey, can you move this from selfies to off topic? Or, hey, this goes in this channel. And they'd be like, oh, the mod threatened to ban me. And I'm like, that's not what happened. Has there ever been anything that you've asked to be moved from general to off topic? Because I feel like the two kind of go hand in hand half the time. Uh, no, there hasn't been. And part of the reason for that is that the two basically do go hand in hand. Um, there was originally a lot less channels in the Discord. Like if you, I don't know if you guys were around uh, day I one. I was there day all two, night um, since December, I think. So I know what you're talking about. I've been yeah, here so there less were than a originally, month. There were originally quite a few less channels. Like it was general off-topic art gallery. We didn't have a music channel. We didn't have an anime. We had a super fan lounge. Um, I remember I got super fan now like, like really quickly. I was like, one of the first 20 people in there, I think. Yeah. To actually get to level 10 or first 20 people in there, because we added a bunch of people. Uh, everyone that was a van or not a vanguard, a journeyman in the Immortals Discord was given it no, for free. Was, uh, and then a couple of us were given it for free. That as was well. one of the first 20. I think I think it was first 25, actually, to get to level 10. OK, nice. Yeah, I was there for a long like, I've been there for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, say so, so we used to have a lot less channels and then it used to be general was a lot more we, we kept more meme conversations to off topic and then uh, we eventually added a meme team uh because off topic got really, really meme and it was to the point where there were some discussions that were just a little inappropriate for off topic. Um that we needed a, like a, a channel for these you know, borderline inappropriate pictures where people could still go and discuss off topic and mute meme team if they wanted. Um, and so basically off topic in general to me function is slightly similar, except off topics a little more meme uh, but I've never had to move uh, something from general other than to of, say, stop this discussion. Speaking of meme yeah, team, uh, you should probably check it real quick and scroll up slightly. That's one of the few chats that I actually have muted. I actually have already deleted. I had it muted before I became a mod. You mean the, uh, I deleted it. <laughs> I've already deleted one post from Meme Team while we were in the middle of the podcast. I think that happened with Adri. Audrey? Wait, which one is it again? It's oh, Adri. she deletes so many more posts from Meme Team than I do. It is. I'm, 
not gonna lie she actually like watches that channel i am pretty hands-off on it unless somebody brings something up i don't blame you to be honest there's some some weird stuff thrown in there. Yeah, I'll cop in there. Half the time, I just don't understand it. I'm too old for that stuff, man. Same. Like, I'll hop in there, and I'll be like, oh, this is a funny meme that I can send to someone else. And then I'll be looking, I'm like, um, this one isn't a funny meme I can send to another server. This is one that shouldn't be in this server. And then you get those guys also, who just, just spam memes. Like, they'll post 20 of them. Like, that's, that's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> I got curious, so I decided to check. I have been in Valcord for a little over a month now, and it took me two days to get super fan. Nice. That is not bad. And it's not even with me, like, purposely spamming things. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'll go in, I'll see a conversation. I'll just drop an emote. I'll pull a Kareem and walk away. (laughs) Pull a Kareem. I know there's one guy. He's a moderator for Silk Thread. And back when Silkthread was uh, still part of Valiant, he came in and kind of spammed, spammed the bot, I think. Uh, just like spamming his rank to get mm-hmm. himself to super fan. I want, I want to say it was a Silkthread uh, mod. It might have been a mod for Genities, though. So. Uh, it was one of those two. Um, I know the user you're talking about, yeah. Um, I don't remember what who they modded for. Uh, I was also really hoping there was a time back in stage one where uh, Kevin Chu, I believe his name is, Kevin Chow, uh, the CEO of basically the owner of the Soul Dynasty came in a couple of times uh, to reach out to Noah in like general chat or something, and I made the comment I cannot wait until the owner of another esports org is a super fan in our Discord. Do we have that special spy rule for any uh, any player or what's it called staff member from another team that entered our server? Uh, we did. I don't believe anybody has it at the moment because I think Dante left. Let me check real quick. Uh, no, Dante still has the role. Yeah, we got the role for, uh, I forgot the name. I remember the Mayhem, um. Oh yeah, Dante's still here. Staff, like the social media guy. And, uh, then we added it to Dante when he joined. And that was a role that Whoops was really kind of in control of. Uh, neither Steve or Cass paid too much attention to it. And, uh. None of the mods have the ability to give people that role. Is it uh, above uh, the mod role? Uh, no, it's not above the mod role. We just don't have role privileges oh. as mods. <laughs> yeah, we can't give any. We can't even give anybody super fan or vanguard. Um, oh, so if somebody leaves the server and comes back, they have to either level up or have one of the staff members give them back their role. Yep, level up or beg cast. Yes. I say cast because if you beg, Steve will make you do something for it. Yeah, if you made a scene from coffee. I, I've I seen some of that hilarious. stuff. We've passed over the two hour mark, by the way. Do we want to go ahead and end this? Yeah, I feel like we, we could call it now. I'm sure we've got plenty yeah, of material. Sure we, like, like, what? Six hours of listening that your brother has to do. <laughs> well, I, keep All right, I am hitting. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Wait, stop. Uh, we stop. Yeah, we got to have... do outro. Well, uh, either way, uh, me and Chad have to do our sound off and stuff. I guess that brings it to an end. We had a kind of weird podcast since we had a special guest with us this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Please send us in VV Talk questions so we don't have such a weird VV Talk this time of just like random subjects we found looking through the Valiant Discord and esports news. Uh, thank you for listening. Chad, it's your turn. Oh, right, right. Uh, if you want to find any more information on the Valiant, you can find them at LA Valiant on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Reddit, Discord, and Snapchat. Thank you for joining us, Dwarf.
if we're still recording. If not, we'll just have that at the end. Nobody believes me. I'm like their dad. Daddy Dwolf? Oh, God. I don't need that nickname. Can we get that edited out, please? <laughs> <laughs>